Hey guys, this is the Endure Youth Ministry Podcast. Thank you so much for joining and listening as we're taking this journey through the book of Philippians. I hope you guys enjoy it, and God bless. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time that we can gather together and spend time in your word, Lord. God, we pray that your word would speak to us this morning, uh, that we would remember uh the secret of contentment is in you, Lord, that joy, true joy, is found only in you. Um, and Lord, I pray that we would see that this morning in, in this passage, um, and that you would just uh, be, be glorified through um, this message, Lord. So we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So... This has been such a good time going through the book of Philippians. Um, if you guys remember, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a little recap right now, just talking about the chapters that we've talked through. Um, in Philippians one, we talked about the idea of God using our pain for His glory. We talked about how Paul was in chains, he was um, in prison, and he says all this stuff has served to advance the gospel, right? Him being in chains, him being being uh, in a jail cell, he actually was able to save, uh, you know, the Roman guards. He sat there and he just spoke to him, just kept kept talking to him about Jesus and what Jesus had done, and he saved all these Roman guards. And so what he says is, all this stuff is served to advance the gospel. And we talked about how, and we in our lives our pain can actually serve to bring glory to God. The things that we go through will actually be glorifying to the Lord if we allow God to use them. But on the flip side, we also talked about how we have the ability to waste what God might be using to teach us. And then in Philippians 2, we talked about how Jesus' posture was to be emptied. In the beginning of Philippians 2, there's that big, long passage about the humility of Christ, that Christ came in the form of a servant so that he can take our death and be glorified, right? Um, And if we are too full of ourselves, then we can't be full of Jesus. If we don't empty ourselves, then we can't be filled with Jesus. So serving, being emptied, these are essential to us growing as disciples of Christ. Then in Philippians 3, we talked about how we can't let being good get in the way of knowing goodness himself. Sometimes we tend to take things into our own hands. We tend to try to be good. Because we think that our relationship with the Lord is all about doing things and doing the right things. Um, But that's not it. That's not it. Before we can do anything, we must be in Christ. We must be found in Christ. 
And then in the beginning of Philippians chapter 4, we talked about how joy stems from remembering what Jesus has done and not about what we have done. Paul lived a really incredible life, and he still saw that the joy he was able to experience only stemmed from what Jesus had done for him. And it was nothing out of his own doing. We saw that because God loves us, he wants us to talk to him. He wants us to have a living prayer life, right? He says, do not be anxious about anything, but let your uh, prayers be known to him through thanksgiving, um, and, and the peace of God will be with us, right? So, now, as we look at the end of his letter, Paul points to the truth um, that we see all around us. Now, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I lay in bed at night, and questions just start popping up in my head. You know, I realize that something is wrong in this world and questions come into my mind like why is it that people who have lots of money they have it all made they look like they're the perfect people and they have everything why is it that they get divorced why do 70% of lottery winners file for bankruptcy within the first five years that's true. Why is a wealthy country like America plagued with anxiety, depression, and suicide? On the flip side, how can people who can barely afford to buy shoes smile? How can they be happy in their circumstances? See, Paul wrote this letter almost 2,000 years ago. But he seemed to address some of these issues, some of these problems that we have today. Ultimately, he, he concluded that the things that this world has to offer are not enough. So, listen to what he says right here. He says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. For me. Sorry. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who, give me, who gives me strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You guys probably recognize that verse, right? I can do all this through him who gives me strength. It's very commonly uh, translated as something like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's a beautiful passage, really, about God's, um, about strength in Christ, right? But it's also one of the most misquoted verses of all time. Where Think about the places where you see this verse. 
Like, wh where are some places that you might see this verse? Your house. Like you can see um, athletes taking this. Like, what? what was that? You can see like athletes like taking it out of scripture and like mm -hmm. I can do this through the ministry. Mm-hmm. I can do this through the grace of this football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, athletes love this verse. They're obsessed with it, and I don't know what it is, but athletes just can't get enough of it. I remember seeing a picture or a meme or whatever of, of um, back when the Warriors lost in the in the finals against the Cavs, and it was a picture of Steph, Steph Curry's shoes, and on his shoes he had that verse, and um, the meme was like, they had it crossed out, I can, and they crossed it out and said, can't. Oh, so that's just rude. Whoever made that verse probably thought they were being super funny and got a lot of laughs or whatever, but ultimately they misunderstood what that verse actually meant. See, many people, including athletes, tend to think that this verse is talking about how to get what you want. They think it's about how to win the big game, how to win the championship. But... I remember Steph being asked a lot of questions leading up to the finals about um, whether or not God was going to help him win. And here's what he said. He tweeted this. He said, Being a Christian athlete doesn't mean praying for your team to win. God doesn't give an edge to those who pray over those who don't. Hard work does that. Being a Christian athlete means competing for Christ in a way in which you always, give your, you always give your all for Him. And win or lose, you thank Him for, for the ability and the opportunity to play. It means giving all the glory to God, no matter the outcome, because you trust in His plan for your life. To sum it up, it's as if people don't realize that this verse isn't telling you how to win, but instead... It's actually telling you how to lose. It's telling you that you are fine even if you happen to lose. And that brings us to the first secret that Paul is trying to teach us right here. It says, joy has nothing to do with circumstances. We typically describe how we are doing based off of our day, our week, our year. Think about it. When someone asks you how you are, you think about your day. Well, if you're having a bad day, well, you're not doing so good. If you're having a really good day, you say, I'm doing great. Right? Paul is trying to show us that circumstances don't have to define our lives. Our lives don't have to be determined by the things that happen to us. Can you guys imagine um, if that was true about your life? What if spilling your venti iced coffee all over you didn't ruin your day? What if tripping and falling in front of that person that you like didn't make you want to go and hide in a hole? Right? What if being broken up over, over by a text message didn't make you doubt whether anybody would ever love you? 
What if hearing your parents fighting didn't make you want to lock yourself in your room and never come out? The things we need, the thing that we need to remember is that Paul was writing this truth from a cold, wet, dark jail cell. He was trying to show us that it is possible to experience joy even in the worst of circumstances. Because joy doesn't depend on them. We also tend to find our joy from the things that make us happy. But Paul would also say this, point number two. Joy has nothing to do with possessions. And possibly nobody knew this better than Paul himself, who was the only thing he had was a pen and paper. Or like, I guess, ink and a scroll or something. But you get what I'm saying, right? That's all he had. He was sitting in jail. He didn't have anything. Yet he still had joy in the Lord. Um, I saw this as a reality one time. Um, we went on a mission trip to Hawaii. Okay. Now I know what you're thinking Hawaii. It's luxurious. You know. Um, you know everyone who everyone there is rich. Like whatever. That's actually not true. There are people who live on Hawaii who uh, are native there, right? So all they do, all they have, they work on a farm. They live in a little shack. They barely even have a bed, yet they're joyful. They don't have any electronics. They, they're living off the land. Like These people don't have anything. They're poor. They don't have any money, yet they were joyful. Think about it. The ones that truly have everything are the ones who don't need anything. You can, you can go to the next slide. That's what that says. The ones that truly have everything are the ones who don't need anything. It seems like as I mature in my walk with the Lord, He tends to show me that I tend to turn to things that I turn, I turn to things more than I turn to Him. I don't know if you guys can relate. I understand. Yeah. Like, the more I mature, the more he's showing me that I'm turning more to other things than I am to him. And as I grow closer to, to him, he begins to show me that he is truly what I really need. It's not these other things, but it's him. Because the only thing that you need isn't a thing at all. It's a person. And his name is Jesus. Jesus is the only source of true joy. If you go to the next slide, James 4.8 says this, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I would be willing to bet that most of us understand this deep truth. That Jesus is the only way to experience true joy. Most of us understand that. We get that. 
It's the true joy that enabled Paul to experience incredible peace in the middle of inconceivable pain. Yet if we're being honest, we don't spend time with him. We don't spend nearly enough time with him. If we want to experience the peace that only Jesus can provide, then we must rest in his presence. So why is it that we tend to rely on Netflix to bring us a source of satisfaction over the one who created all things? I want to encourage you guys to make an intentional effort this week to spend time with the only source of true joy. And also, I want us to, to focus on the things that matter. Go to the next slide. Verses 8 and 9 say here, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Haters going to hate. So stop focusing on them. Stop focusing on them. Focus on the things that really matter. And honestly though, we are living in a time where it's easier than ever to be consumed by things that don't matter. Even worse, we are consumed by the things that are drawing us away from Jesus. So what if we were intentional about focusing on the things that matter, things that last, the things of God? Now listen, I'm not asking you guys to only post Bible verses on Instagram, but what if we made an intentional effort to focus on the things that matter, things that lasted, things that will remind us of God's beauty, right? Um, so we're just going to read through the end of the book, and it's pretty self-explanatory here. So I just want us to finish the book together, and we'll, we'll end with prayer, all right? So if you go to the next slide... We're going to finish it right here. It says this, Yet it was good of you to share my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. He's in prison. Not that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all peoples, 
Greet all of God's people in Christ Jesus, the brothers and sisters who are with me, send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. Interesting. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So, I want to encourage you guys that joy really does have nothing to do with our circumstances and it has nothing to do with our possessions. True joy is found in Christ alone. And so let's focus on the things that matter. Let's focus on Christ. Let's, let's really you know, lean into Him and give our whole lives over to Him. All right? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the example of Paul, that he had joy even in a wet, cold jail cell, Lord, because he had the secret of contentment. And that secret is not even a secret at all. It's just, it's you, Lord. You make yourself known to us. So, Lord, this week I pray that we would make an intentional effort to put you first, to focus on you, um, and to be joyful even when everything around us is falling apart, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. May this in Jesus' name. Amen.